Hello, podcast world. Welcome back to Fins to Forest, and welcome back, begrudgingly, to Tennessee and the blazing heat of a southern summer. We're back in Knoxville after about a month-long hiatus abroad, it feels like, felt like. And yeah, so things are, are slowly getting back to normal as far as life at home. Uh, Dana and I got back from Cape Cod and striper fishing up there about a week ago. And um, before that, I was in Alaska. Of course, if you've listened at all or watched any of our YouTube channel stuff, you know that. So it's been kind of strange reacclimating to being back home because it's only a month being gone, but a month doing all that stuff felt like a long time. So we're back. It's great. Um, and getting ready to kick school back off here here soon. That's my regular full-time job is, is teaching high school. So that's getting ready to, to begin, we think. So who knows? We'll see what happens. But we're excited to be back, be back with everybody soon. So starting off today, this is going to be my favorite verse of the episode. It's not as random today. Usually I'll use one that my Bible app generates. This one is not as random. Um, I've been reading the last week or so, been starting to read through Acts, and I'm in Acts 9 this morning uh, while I'm eating breakfast. And the last verse in Acts 9, it's uh, verse 43. It says, Peter stayed in Joppa for some time with a tanner named Simon. A tanner, as in like tans hides. I've never noticed that before. And apparently, because I did a little bit of looking, apparently it's the only time that a tanner is mentioned in the Bible. Um, so this is not Simon Peter Simon. This is a different Simon. Um, this is the only time that he's really mentioned. But so if you just look at Acts 9 in your Bible, this is Saul's conversion. This is where we this is where Paul comes from initially. Where Paul is converted from persecuting the Christians to being one of the most written and read disciples out of all of them. So, anyways. Uh, this is the very end of the chapter that's all about uh, Saul's conversion. Uh, he's in Damascus, then he goes to Jerusalem. Uh, who was it? Dorcas? No. Mm, I just read this this morning. This is bad. Um, oh, that's right. Okay, so Tabitha was a disciple whose name was also Dorcas. That's why I'm confused. Uh, anyways, but so after Tabitha, a.k.a. Dorcas, is raised from the dead by Peter, it mentions that Peter goes to stay with a tanner named Simon, which is where he ends up seeing this, getting this vision from God. It's later on. It's cool. I'm not that far reading an Acts, but I know something like that is about to happen. So anyways, I just thought that was cool because there's a tanner that gets mentioned in the Bible. And I'd never noticed that before. So, and I, and I thought, it's like, sure, that means the same thing. Well, sure enough, it does. You can actually find YouTube videos where people go and visit Simon the Tanner's house. Apparently that's still something that, you can go and, and visit and see. So anyways, I thought that was fitting for the Finn's Forest podcast. Talk about a tanner in Acts. Uh, so, also I didn't realize until I started reading this that Luke wrote Acts. I don't know who I thought wrote Acts. Because I guess I assumed it was Paul, but it's Luke. Okay, realized that a couple of days ago, which probably sounds bad. Anyways, that's, that's why you read the Bible. You learn things that you should know. All right. Cape Cod. I've not talked about Cape Cod on here at all. Uh, the last podcast where we interviewed Maggie, or I guess really where Maggie interviewed me, uh, was filmed in Cape Cod. And we'd done all the fishing that was going to be done in Cape Cod, but I wanted to wait until I got back um, to actually talk about it. So, striper fishing. 
and big ones. This was really, really cool because another just thing that I was fortunate to get to do that I don't ever get to do uh, was striper fishing. So fished with a guy named Jeff McCusker, a family friend of Dana's family, and fished with Jeff last year. We caught some big striper. Um, and apparently this year in the bay, oh, tuna. I got to talk about tuna too. I didn't tuna fish. Hang on. I'm going to forget if I don't write this down. Tuna in big words. I bought a mask while I was there that has tuna on it. So I'm going to have to wear it while I teach. I thought that'd be a cool one. Okay. So when we were there, the striper fishing was apparently really bad. Uh, a lot of people, guys will go and, and fish the canal, ride bikes, uh, up and down the Cape Cod Canal. That hadn't been doing any good. The striper had really hadn't made it there yet. Apparently a lot were up in Boston Harbor. But right as we were leaving, uh, Dana's uncle, who is who does some commercial fishing for tuna, said that he had heard some of the big striper were just starting to, to get in there. They had got, gotten close to being up there at the Cape. Uh, but they hadn't yet. We went out fishing. There's, there is a video of this on the YouTube channel of us catching striper. That was, we went out of, we went out of the canal. Yes. Yeah. We went out of the canal, uh, and you know, stayed inside the bay, uh, around a spot called Barnstable Harbor, um, had thought about going to P-Town, but the water was really, really rough. So we did not go to P-Town, but we caught a lot of fish and we caught them a lot of different ways, which was fun for me. Last time, I think we caught all of our, I actually know we caught them doing different things last time too. Anyways, we caught them on, so the Alabama rig, if you didn't know this, the Alabama rig and bass fishing comes from saltwater guys. And I'm going to assume probably striper guys, since that's what we were throwing them for, but I'm sure they catch all sorts of stuff on them. So we were throwing some massive Alabama rigs and it just had, it looked to me like Cinco's. Every hook, I mean, you had some dummies, although up there, you didn't have to have dummies on them. They just run some as dummies to keep them from getting tangled up. But I, I thought they looked like Cinco's. They're supposed to look like sand eels. So you can see that in the video. We caught some on cut bait. We caught some on live bait. And catching the bait, I have just as much fun catching the bait when we go saltwater fishing up there than I, as much, almost as much as I do catching the striper. Um, we were snagging. So it was the old uh, <clears throat> long <clears throat> special where it's a big weighted treble hook and you're literally just pulling up to a school of pogies. That was the bait we were catching and just ripping it through them and snagging pogies. And so that was the bait. Uh, and then mackerel, we caught a few mackerel just trolling for them. Little bitty bait. Last year we could catch them just dropping right under the boat on a sabiki rig and we would catch six or seven at a time. We didn't find any mackerel stacked up like that, but we did catch some for bait. Actually, I think that all the bait that we got bit on was mackerel, whether it was cut or live. Um, the pogies were, were going to be if we found a bunch of big striper out busting. We were going to use the pogies there. But mackerel ended up being better for us at least that day. Um, and then what was really fun, and I have to be a little bit, I mean, I can't say ever, exactly where we were because it's kind of a secret spot. It's kind of on the down low. Not a lot of people know about it. It's kind of cool. And so obviously I want to respect the people who get to fish there. Um, but not that anybody that listens to this is going to go fishing Cape Cod Canal anytime soon. But we had the hookup. Oh, let me just tell you that. We had the deal. They had it figured out of where we could go and catch some striper. So we had to wait until the guy who had permission could get us in. He comes back into town and we get a text about 9 o'clock at night saying, hey, be at my house at 3.30 tomorrow morning. I've got us in. We're going. And we caught the dog crud out of 
big stripers. I mean, I caught one, if you can see it on the Instagram, I, I didn't take a camera just because I didn't want to ask to take another one in this weird spot. Um, but you can see the pictures on Instagram. Either, well, you can follow the Vincent Forest page and get to my page, or you can just go to my page. It's Sam Karras. But like 47 inches, 40, 45 pound striper that are, I mean, huge. Um, I want to say we caught five or six that were over 40, caught one that was 39 inches. Um, and the slot. So last year, of course, me being a bass guy, I, we run into slot limits every once in a while. Um, but normally a lake is pretty consistent year to year. So up there, the length limit changes, I, I would assume every year, because it's different from what it was last year. Last year, you could keep one striper a person. This is for uh, recreational guys. Um, you keep one striper person had to be 36 inches. So I just assume that's what it was going to be this time, but there's a slot limit. So this year it was 28 to 34 inches and you could only keep them if they were in the slot, not either side. So we, I did catch one slot limit striper is the smallest one we caught all day, which it was still a big striper um, that we were able to eat. And I made, I'm pointing at Dana cause she's sitting over here in the corner and she enjoyed these. I made some dang good fish cakes. I've never made fish cakes before. They were really, really good. And it was lemon. They were really, they were good. Uh, and I really didn't think I'd like, I didn't know how I'd like fish cakes, but it was, it was good. It was lemony. And I don't really know what I was in. It was, of course, her, half her fame is gluten-free. So we used the gluten-free breadcrumbs and the lemon and the thyme from the garden and made some dang good fish cakes. Uh, so that was fun. And those, we were catching those big stropper. I mean, it's in a spot that is so thick. If you don't catch one, which you didn't catch them every cast, but if you made a cast where you didn't catch them, you were hitting them. You're just rolling over their backs because there's hundreds of them just stacked up in this little spot. Uh, but we were catching them on really big Sabeel swim baits, big soft swim baits, probably a couple ounces, two or three ounce heads, I would guess. Mm, yeah, I would say two or three ounce heads. But yeah, it was it was crazy. Maybe four or five. Actually, no. I want to say they said we had four ounce heads. Okay, anyways. Yeah, so the striper fishing was nuts. It was really, really fun. And I'm stoked I got to do it. So that was very cool. Um, let's see. Those were the two fishing trips. There is bass fishing that goes on up there. I just didn't do it. I didn't take any rods with me this time. I will next time. Uh, but there's a ton of little bitty freshwater ponds spread all over the guys bass fish in. And uh, so oddly enough, so I fished, I fished two bass opens and one of my co and this and it were years ago that I fished them. I want to say it was my, I was in college, maybe my sophomore year of college really should not have fished them. Should have waited and fished them now. I picked the, I picked the two opens that I had no idea about, where I was going to be or what was going on. We went to Oneida and went to the James River. But when I'm at Oneida, I drew the second day, Josh Cotier, who lives in Massachusetts. And so he sees that I'm up there. He texts me, he's like, are you on the Cape again? I said, yeah, I'm up here. He's like, I'm fishing. I'm going to say the lake name. And if I get it wrong, I'll have Dana correct me. Mash, Mashby Wakeby. Is that it? Yeah, Wakeby. Mashby Wakeby. Yeah. So he was actually there while I was there fishing a tournament on the Cape and Mashby Wakeby because that's apparently a place that they do that. So that was funny. So shout out to Josh for being cool. Um, and bass fishing on the Cape. Oh yeah. The tuna. I didn't mention the tuna. 
See, I'm glad I, that's why I wrote it down in big capital letters. So I remember to bring it back up. Let me make sure that's everything. Josh, bass fishing. Oh, yeah. So Jeff does have, Jeff offered to let us take a little, uh, or a, his duck boat out to bass fish, which I will probably have to take him up on next time. We just had too many things going on this trip. But uh, I'll be glad to do bass fishing there. And while I'm on this, I have put this at the end. This hat, I don't know. I go on kicks where I wear one hat all the time. This is the hat I'm wearing all the time right now. It's North Chatham Outfitters. It's like the coolest outfitter store that I've ever been to anywhere. It's in Chatham, which is my favorite town on the Cape that I've been to. And it's just a really cool store. And they've got a really cool logo, and I like wearing their hat. So shout out to North Chatham as well. Okay, the tuna fishing up there right now is apparently really, really good uh, from the couple of people that I talked to about it. So you can go and fish. You can do be like a recreational guy fishing for tuna. Um but you're probably not going to want to try to catch one of the six, seven, 800 pounders because what are you going to do with 800 pounds of meat or 600, however much, however much meat you'd get off a 600 pound tuna. But the man, the guy, Jeff, who I went shopper fishing with, he did say, he said, I've got a couple spinning rods that, that he could catch a one or two, maybe 300 pound tuna on, uh, which is what he was going to start trying to do. Switch his stuff over to tuna gear, which is fun to think like, oh, I've been striper fishing for a while. Let me just go catch some tuna or go fish for tuna. But the commercial fishing for tuna, hashtag COVID, has gotten shut down until August because there's nobody buying the fish. The international buyers aren't buying the fish. A lot of the restaurants up there that are shut down or have been shut down or are only having such a limited number of people, they're not paying for an entire fish. So... They've totally shut down the commercial fishing, and I don't know how big of an area that affects, but I'd imagine it's pretty substantial. Uh, so that was that was strange because her uncle, who does commercial tuna fishing, he's like, yeah, I've been three times this year. I was going to go tomorrow, but they shut it down today. So we're not tuna fishing for who knows how long. So maybe in the future I get to go on a tuna trip. That would be really cool. Watching... Um, Watching Nolan Miner catch those yellowfin tuna wherever he's been at. I think he's catching yellowfin. I think there's bluefin where I'm at, or vice versa. I really don't know anything about tuna fishing. He, I sent him something on Instagram the other day, and he's like, "Are you are you fishing for? Or it would be cool to catch a bluefin. I've only other I've only ever caught the other, and I'm like, I don't even know what the other kind is. And he's like, yellowfin. I'm like, oh, duh. Or it was vice versa. I don't remember. I don't know anything about tuna fishing. I just know it'd be really fun to hook into one you can see the tuna boats out there the one that'll have a big beam that'll drop down to the water and they'll harpoon them once they hook them because you don't want to let them apparently the longer the fish fights uh the lower quality the meat becomes from the stress and i don't know if it's releasing some sort of acid that degrades the fish quality but they'll harpoon them and electrocute them and kill them really quick and then it saves the meat quality so that's interesting okay uh let's see I've got some good hunting news. Actually, really good news. I'll do something else first. This, oh, you might. If you're a hardcore follower, which you're probably not, the computer probably looks different because I bought a new computer. And you can't see it. Maybe you can see it. You can see it through the quality of the video that you're watching. But I've got a new camera, too. So I went kind of, not in over my head, but I went and bought a new computer. Bought a new camera, a camcorder camera, not a GoPro camera. I've got my two GoPros, they work fine, but I knew I was gonna have to invest in a better camera for deer season and self-filming hunts and just 
better quality content in general. And because I can use them for this, for the podcast. So we've got a Sony FXR AX43. I think that's what it is. Camcorder. And this cool Lenovo. Lenovo. I keep saying it wrong. Laptop. So yeah, that's cool. So hopefully you will notice an, a quality uptick in the videos and the content you're watching. Okay. Um, not a ton of stuff. I have not done a ton of uploads. I haven't really posted anything other than a new trail camera video since I've been back from Cape Cod. But I'm going kayak. I'm doing a weird kayak smallmouth thing tomorrow that I really hope works out. Uh, I hope we can catch some doing it. We should be able to. Although it's been pouring rain for a little bit. And that, I don't know what that's going to do to the river we're supposed to be at. I don't Who cares? Kayak fishing smallmouth tomorrow. That We should get some cool stuff doing that from what I've heard. Anyways. All right. Um, hunting news. Good hunting news. Not from the lease, but from the draw hunts. So I ended up getting my first draw or my first priority pick, which was a muzzleloader hunt, Katusa, November 19th through the 21st. I got drawn for that. So that was exciting. We got, I think two or three days ago, um, the email about the draw hunts. So been waiting to find out if I was going to get drawn anywhere and I ended up getting my first choice. So that's exciting. And it's going to be kind of prime time muzzleloader. I love muzzleloader and yeah, it'll be somewhere new there. So I've got, hopefully I cannot hunt Katusa during bow season because if I, the only chance that I have to hunt Katusa during bow season, their little bow window that's open to everybody. If I don't make the cut, at the BFL regional in Virginia, then I could potentially drive back that day, go to Catoosa and hunt for either one or two days, which if I do that, it would really just be to scout for the draw hunt later on in November, just to check pressure. And I've never been there. I really just need to go and walk around. So I, I'm going to do a little bit of preseason scouting at some point. I need to find out when the other Katusa draw hunts are and see if there's a weekend where I could go and scout in season, like scout the weekend before if there's not a hunt going on. I really don't know how a lot, much of this draw hunt stuff works. So I've got some studying to do there, but that, that I was excited that I got any sort of draw just to give me other options, places to go. Now it would not be bad if I end up getting some brute on camera on the lease and end up hunting some big buck up there. But Odds are I'll be at Katusa for those at least two days. It's a Thursday through a Saturday, which I did not realize when I signed up for it. Not that it would have changed anything in me signing up for it, but it's a Thursday through a Saturday. So I'll probably take that Friday off of work to at least give myself two days to hunt over there. So although in case if it needs to be a sick dash, probably not say I'm going to take that Friday off. I won't take that Friday off. I'll just take Saturday and it'll be great. Okay, uh, I'm just kidding. I won't have to take the same thing. All right, um, draw hunt. Really no updates from the lease. I'm going back on Saturday. Lance and I are going to go check the cameras, check the food plots. I don't know if I said this last time. Food plots were sad, which I kind of knew that that was a possibility. Actually, well, I really didn't know what to expect. So when Ro and I put those food plots in, which there's a video of a little bit of that day on the channel as well on YouTube, um, we didn't, we didn't spray. I would love to be able to spray and we just didn't, one, didn't think we were going to do nearly as much as we did. 
Two, if I'd known, I might have taken a sprayer and tried to spray some stuff, but also it just it wasn't gonna it wouldn't it wouldn't work. Uh, what's happened, it seems, was when we cut and plowed all of that, where we ended up planting the soybeans. There are some soybeans up. There's not a ton. Hit the turnips, turnips, the turnips, the turnips, the turnips that Road planted last year have come back in full force and they look awful because I really don't think this is the time of year that turnips do well. I also don't know if that's true or not. I just know the deer like them more in the winter time or when after the first frost at least. So they're not eating the turnips, I don't think. They're eating the little bit of soybeans that's there, pounding them, but the turnips blew up. And when we went back and looked, it had only been, I wanna say two weeks, maybe three at the most. But I'll be anxious to see. It. Hopefully, they look better. They don't look bad, but it was. There were parts where the soybeans were a little bit sparse. I also have a groundhog in one of the trail camera pictures, and that's a problem because they're going to eat all. The, he's going to eat all the soybeans or a bunch of them. And if there's one, there's probably half a dozen. So if I had time and it was closer, I could just go out there and groundhog hunt for a couple of days, take care of that problem. But that's not an option. Okay, uh, so no real lease updates. Although I am going to be. I'm going to be probably moving some cameras this next week because after looking back through all the trail camera photos again, I'm not super pumped about the lack of bucks. So no point in keeping them where they're at. I'm going to move some trail cameras around and see if we can't find some bucks this last month and a half, two months before bow season really starts. Uh, I am looking forward to velvet weekend just because that's going to be a big chance to actually get out there and scout in person and see, what we can see so anyways all right nothing else there tournament fishing tournament wise we've got two coming up we've got and really they're not coming up super soon it's really just fun fishing right now which is great um, but last two tournaments of the year you've got chickamauga the bfl super tournament which i still need to get online and pay for uh, it's two days in september right in the middle so the grass bite should be fun it should be a river grass deal which I've not done down there very much. And by very much, I mean ever, uh, just cause I don't make it down to chick very often. Um, but after about the first of August, Oh shoot. That's like in two days. Is this a 30 or 31 month? January, February, March, February, yeah. May, June, July. Okay. I always have to do the little knuckle trick that I learned in Miss York's class in fourth grade. You know that trick? I do. I, I've never used it. <laughs> January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August. You got to go double on the end. When you get to July on the last knuckle, you got to hit July and hit the knuckle again and start back. You never know what you're going to learn. <laughs> Anyways, um, why was I saying? Oh, so all the weekends from really from now until deer season starts, really now through the regional. September's on Chick. October is supposed to be our regional at the James River, which I love the James River. I've been there twice. Each year, different time of year, but once in May, it was awesome. Once, once, once in August, it was terrible for me. Went one, and now we're going in October. October, I think, will be fun. Of course, it's always fun. It just needs to end well. Um, so after doing well at the regional last year on Hartwell, I'm really excited to go back to another one and hopefully do well again, but... From now to that regional, it's looking like every other weekend is going to be bass fishing and probably every other weekend is going to be something hunting related. So this weekend's hunting, then the rest of August is probably going to be 
fishing, getting ready for the September and shake, make a couple of trips down to chick, just get used to it, learn it some, because I really don't know it very well uh, compared to a lot of people. And then you've got the velvet hunt at the end of August, so I won't fish that weekend. And then the weekend after chick is going to be, well, chick is two weeks out. I want to say chick is two weeks out from boat season opening. Maybe three, but I'm pretty sure it's two. Yeah, it'd have to be. So you got chick, then we'll bow hunt up to the opener, and then hunt opening weekend, and then next two weekends will be James River. And then after James River, we're all deer season. The boat will get a little lonely. Last year was the first year that that's really happened to me, where I started, where I spent pretty much all fall deer hunting instead of fishing, which I'm not complaining. Because honestly, that time of year, that's probably what I'd rather be doing anyways. Um, and now after looking at all the public land options since December of last year, close, I don't have to drive two and a half, three hours every time I want to hunt. So between playing with public land and going to the lease, pretty much all fall is going to be deer hunting, which is why I bought the camera. I'm not pointing at you. I'm pointing at the camera because man, we should have some cool deer hunting stuff. There's so many things the last couple of years I wish I'd gotten on camera. So I'm excited to get to use that now. So. I think that's all I got. We're going to be done in under half an hour. About time to go do a little basketball conditioning with the Lady Eagles. And, yeah. That's all I got. Thanks for watching. That's it. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. Odds are somebody watching this has not. If you do it, that'd be really cool. There's going to be a giveaway on this page on Monday. A big one. It's going to be cool. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Until next time.